Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, where myself and Andrew Ellis are breaking down all the latest in Ohio State football recruiting news. Let's get to it. Andrew, welcome to the show. Um, it, we're, we're entering the witching hour, I guess. You know, the countdown is upon us for at least two of Ohio State's defensive end targets that are at the top of the board in the class of 2023. Same can be said for probably the top remaining defensive tackle target in the class of 2023 with a decision from Caden McDonald coming on a Halloween. Um, it's not going to be a surprise, Andrew. Let's just get right to the thing that people want to talk about, which is, of course, Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson. Um, it's not going to be a surprise if all three of those guys have their commitments over by the end of October. And I, for one, can't be happier about that because it's really the only thing that's happening when it comes to the class of 2023 and which just sort of like rehashing the same things day in day out but um we did have at least news in, in the last couple days as keon keely went to alabama for his official visit uh damon wilson went to georgia for his official visit and now we wait um from your perspective how do you view where things are, what things uh, ha happened over the last couple of days. Well, first of all, you're right. We've been talking about essentially the same two to four names really for the last few months. Um, but, you know, these guys just visited the two premier powers in the SEC. Um, Keon Keeley took some photos with Will Anderson, and I know some people saw that and immediately said, you know, he's gone. Uh, but I, I don't know, man, like I'm, I've been a little, I know I'm not saying you've been 100% on the Keon Keeley to Ohio state train, but I've just been, yeah. I guess I would call myself cautiously pessimistic right now, if that's even the way to put it. Um, it's, I mean, just, let's I don't just know say how slightly pessimistic. Yeah. Like, slightly let's, pessimistic. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's put it that way. I mean, it's not easy to overcome those two schools ever. And when they get the last, what, I mean, what certainly looks to be the last visit for both Keeley and Wilson, that's, that's going to be a tough thing for Larry Johnson and Ryan Day to overcome, but you know they're trying. So here we are. Yeah, and I think you know there is at least some discussion about the potential return to Gainesville this coming weekend for Keon Keeley to take an official visit to Florida, just to give one last look at the Gators. And I know they're still trying to to make sure that they are represented in this as one of the final schools. I think it's fair to say that it's probably a final three for Keeley at this point with Florida. Uh, in the conversation, but I think most people believe it is Ohio State and Alabama that are at the top. Uh, you know, let's start with him and and just mention that, you know, he did visit Ohio State twice in September, uh, once officially, once three weeks later for an unofficial visit, both night games, both great experiences, both atmospheres that were pretty lit uh, in Columbus. I, you know, all the cool kids say lit. Um, and, and it was one of those things where I believed and I still believe that he wanted to come back for that second visit in order to try to get people in his circle to be on the same page with him about Ohio State. Now, that does that mean that it was like Ohio State's the clear-cut leader and that's the, the runaway favorite and he just wants them to know about it before he commits to Ohio State? No, uh, that's not the case. But he is a kid that's extremely respectful, expect, or extremely family-driven, and so he is concerned about what his family's thoughts and, and, and opinions are. But I, everyone I've talked to that actually speaks to Keon Keeley directly um, – believes that his personal preference is Ohio State, and that has not changed. Ryan Day and, and Larry Johnson saw him on Monday at his practice after his official visit from Alabama. They wasted no time. One of the things I keep hearing is that what Keon's really looking for over these next few weeks is just making sure that it's consistent and that the teams that are recruiting him um, 
you know, keep making sure that, that they're bringing their best foot forward. And, and um, NIL plays a part in this, and it will play a part in every major recruitment for the rest of uh, college football history, I guess, as long as there are no rules or regulations. But, you know, Andrew, it seems like this is coming down to what position does he want to play. And Ohio State has been very upfront and saying you're going to be a 4-3 defensive end in, in the Buckeyes system. Um, that's what Chase Young has played, Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa, and that's the body type that that they see with Keon Keeley, and they Larry Johnson believes that's his his best future. Alabama is telling him, hey, you're going to be a stand-up outside linebacker a la Will Anderson, a la <laughs> Dallas Turner, uh, ignoring the fact that Keeley is about three inches taller and 30 pounds heavier than any defensive or any linebacker they've recruited in the last couple of years. So it's, 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 they keep insisting though, that's going to be your spot. That's going to be your spot. So anyone who tries to tell him, actually, you're probably going to play with your hand in the dirt. He doesn't, he may not want to hear it. So there's like this weird, delicate balance that Ohio State has to have between it's not bad mouthing Alabama to say you should play in hand in the dirt but maybe they're going to put you standing up. The, the reality is look at the people that they've recruited at that position. Look at the people they've recruited to play defensive line. And you'll see that you're much more similar to the guys that are playing the defensive line. Right. I mean, is that negative recruiting? No, like it's not negative recruiting. It's not bad mouthing. It's just, it's just recruiting. You know, I mean, every program in the country is going to do that when they're recruiting a kid. And I know you're not going to pretend to be one and neither am I, but we're not, nutritionists or strength and conditioning coordinators. So, I mean, who knows where that kid's body is going to go in the next, you know, two to three years or whatever. But like you said, he looks more like a four, three edge rusher. And obviously that's how Ohio state sees him. And, you know, Alabama's got a lot to sell right now with Will Anderson and all that he's doing. But I, I don't know. One thing that I will say, like there's been some talk about how he's been kind of a done deal to Alabama for a few weeks now. And I mean, personally, I don't buy that. I know coming back to Columbus on your own dime, isn't an easy thing. So I it it seems like it's still an ongoing battle to me, and um, we'll see. I guess if he's going to have a, a definitive announcement date or something like that coming down the pike here. Yeah, I don't know that he's the type of kid to do that. I mean, we saw uh, right. on on Tuesday of this week there was some internet scuttlebutt about you know uh, a, a decision or some big announcement coming. Fire emojis, right? But it, it it was really just not that, and. Right. Um, from what I know of my conversations with Keon, I don't see him as the type of player or person who's out there just seeking this extra attention or wanting it. Um, I would imagine we'll find out, you know, some sort of decision date one way or the other, but it seems like he's trying to weigh the prospects of making that official visit to Florida and then settling in and, and really, uh, you know, pros and consing it out. I wonder if Ohio state in this new defense, the Jim Knowles, system that they're running you know there is an opportunity for ohio state to say look man if you stay in this 6'5 265 range jack sawyer is 6'5 265 and he's playing a stand-up role and he's doing a lot of things so it's not a situation where it is that black and white for ohio state to say you're always going to be hand in the dirt you're not necessarily a jt2 or strong side defensive end that you know you you have the opportunity to do some things um moving around so ultimately this is going to come down to position it's going to come down to uh, comfort and, and, and the way that he feels when he's on campus and how he feels he fits the program from a personality and culture standpoint. And it's going to come down to NIL. And, th and those are the three things that are going to weigh the most. The question is, what is the order of preference? What is the order of importance for Keon Keeley and his family? Because 
as we've said all along, and people out there listening, if it may make people mad, but any player whose first priority is NIL is not going to go to Ohio State at this point. So um, that you just have to sort of absorb that and realize that's the case. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we always say, you know, it's Alabama and he's, I just saw some photos on Twitter there with him with a bunch of rings on his hands and that kind of thing. And that stuff matters too, obviously. Um, but I don't know, man, he seems, he seems like he's comfortable with the Ohio state staff. He seems like he's comfortable with some of the other Ohio state commits, Luke Montgomery and Brandon Ennis and guys like that. Um, how much is that going to matter? I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks here. And I know you're the guy who talks to everybody who knows stuff. So like, what kind of feel do you get from those that you speak to about this particular situation? The the, the thing that I hear all the time, and I'll, I'll just say it, I've already said it before. Okay. It, speaking as one of these people, it goes like this. I personally think he wants to go to Ohio state, but it's Alabama. And the, the mystique of Alabama, the, success of Alabama, the ability to play in the SEC, which right now is still the best conference in in college football. All those things are pretty important, um, and especially to a kid that wants to be an NFL football player. And not that Ohio State isn't producing them in in large numbers, because they are. Not that Ohio State's uh, NFL players aren't superstars and being extremely productive, because they are. It's, It's just a... It's a matter of personality, and it's a matter of what you want out of your college experience. And I think that Keon Keeley is just trying to weigh those things. But again, it's about just shuffling and figuring out what the order of priority is. Um, That, I think, is ultimately where Georgia tried this past weekend with Damon Wilson to really uh, throw a fly in the ointment for Ohio State. Because the numbers, and again, I don't like to even really speculate on NIL from a actual number standpoint but the rumors i've heard coming out of this weekend are that georgia has somehow been able to put together a uh, package or a promise or a plan of nearly seven figures a year guaranteed for damon wilson uh and his family and that is a lot of money uh for a kid who's never played a down of of um college football and certainly there's no way to really guarantee that you get that every year because they're certainly not going to give it to him if he goes to georgia and doesn't play all these things are are you know, open for interpretation, but it just seems like there is this groundswell of movement toward egregious, absolutely insane numbers and, and dollar amounts to kids that how, how do you, if you're Ohio state and you know what JT Tuomalo is earning as part of his relationship with the cohesion NIL group in Columbus, for example, how do you justify saying to a player like Damon Wilson or any player. Hey, we're going to give this guy five times, seven times that amount every year he's here, even though he's never played it down to football. Like, I can't possibly see justifying that. I mean, there's really no way to to justify that, quite frankly. It just doesn't make sense. But I, I would like to think that, and I'm not trying to justify it. I guess maybe I kind of am. But I would like to think that the current student athletes at Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, wherever, kind of understand that this whole NIL thing is a new and kind of ever-changing and evolving type of a thing. But I know if I were, you know, if I were a junior and I was getting some amount and some freshman 18-year-old comes in and is getting triple that, I'm probably not going to be happy myself. So, yeah. No, it it is extremely difficult to understand and you can't really blame a kid or his family for saying, hey, we need to take a, a good hard look, hard look at this. 
But it does put the onus on Ohio State to try to come up with some other way to get creative in what they're promising or what they're saying. Hey, this is our this is our opportunity for you down the road when it comes to NIL. But again, Ohio State is not going to do that up front, and, and and it becomes a a very different conversation. That said, I think it's pretty clear that Ohio State um, was in was probably still in the lead for Damon Wilson heading into that Georgia visit, and so. If that was the case, and that's what sort of was the impetus for Georgia to make that sort of, um, let's say, extremely generous uh, situation possible, then you wonder, again, what is most important? And, and and ultimately, you know, we used to have a pretty clear-cut idea of that. Like, the most important thing was comfort, relationships, playing time, etc. Everything's sort of been turned on its head now, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but, like, that is what it is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when you add all that to the fact that both of these guys, Wilson and Keeley, but especially Wilson, are just kind of, I don't want to say reclusive, but they don't talk a whole lot. They don't really speak to anybody. You really At don't all, know what's, yeah. yeah, really, you don't know what's going on, except for when you find out they're showing up at whatever campus. Um, but obviously, Georgia's defense is, you know, good, very good. Um, it's almost ranked as high as Ohio State's. Yeah, I guess that's that's a good point. Um but I guess I will say when you look at Wilson compared to Keeley, if either one of those guys looks like they might be more of a three, four outside linebacker in college, I would say Wilson is definitely looks that role more so than, than Keeley. Um, but I don't know, man, it's Georgia got the last visit. We don't know when he's going to announce just like we don't know when, um, when Keeley's going to announce, I don't know if Miami is still trying to make a push for Wilson or, or, or Alabama too. So it, it's just hard to get over the yeah. fact that both of both of those powerhouse programs got those last visits that's a that's kind of a tough pill to swallow yeah and you look at alabama's current recruiting class i mean they have four or five different guys that are in that edge outside linebacker role um or depending on how their body and that's the whole thing there's this like however your body grows then we'll figure it out down the road but they're still not out of the woods or, or finished i mean they're still in a position where they're going to be um going after quavra down there i mean georgia's still obviously the front runner uh, for Samuel M. Pemba, the, the defensive end from IMG Academy. Um, it's not like these teams are just holding out in spaces waiting for that one player. They're still filling around them, but it's because the, they're, they're, they're able to just do that um, in a way that the Big Ten and, and even Ohio State, is, as much as they dominate the Big Ten, are just not capable of doing. Um, nothing really has been doing when it comes to the recruitment of Mateo Uyengalele. He's been to Ohio State this year. He's obviously been uh, – he was at an Oregon game conversation still pretty much the same the, the expectation right now or the belief right now is that Ohio State is the team to beat but there's still for me personally and I want to be very clear when I say that Andrew like I just feel like he's a kid that's going to stay on the west coast it's just my personal opinion I don't think that USC is the choice I, I still have felt like Oregon was the more likely team to to be the competition there but it's going to depend for him about does he want to get away from from home um, and go someplace and, and kind of forge his own path. There's been some rumors and speculation out there that, like, his brother DJ, the quarterback at Clemson, I, I, again, this is all just speculation that you hear and read and secondhand stuff, but that he, that DJ thinks that he should go to Ohio State. Um, obviously, the relationship with Larry Johnson is very good, but it's a long ways away from home. And he's not making a decision probably till December. So there's at least an opportunity if, if Wilson, and Keeley make a decision in these next few weeks for Ohio State to get some sense of like who the backup plan is or, for one of those guys and and not have to worry about 
upsetting things with uh, the, the, young, the Uyangalale recruitment. Yeah, I mean, we've said all along, you in an ideal situation, Ohio State would get two of those three guys. Um, and like you said, we're probably going to have an answer on on two of them much much sooner than Mateo. Um, but I don't know. You seem to be going against the grain on that one. It seems like most other people do think he's going to end up at Ohio State. Um, you you tend to think he'll stay out west, uh, whether it's Oregon or USC, I guess. Um, he's made. I think he's made all of his officials with one possibly looming to Alabama. Uh, I, I, get, I do not believe that will happen. Yeah, be I'm, I, I, I'd be shocked. I mean, there's a chance, and Alabama might be like full at the position before then too. I, I hate to even say that about one of the top kids in the country, but I mean, sorry, no more five stars. We're full here. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to come right. be a five star tight end? I mean, that's probably what Bama will convince them of that he wants to play tight end in their system. Yeah, I mean, or yeah, or walk on. I guess you never know. Um, but I mean, does he make it back to Columbus for like the Michigan game or something like that? I'm sure that's something we'll all be watching, and then. Just see what happens between now and the early signing period, assuming that is when he, you know, when he puts pen to paper, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the defensive end position is, uh, you know, sort of the spot that's left in this class. And then you have the opportunity, I guess, to add a defensive tackle in Caden McDonald, who we've already talked about a little bit. But with an October 31st decision date coming up, he has an official visit to Florida uh, upcoming and then a decision will be made. People I've talked to believe this is a battle between Ohio State, Michigan and Florida. Ohio State is the team that probably has been involved um, the longest, but also like the least up until really recently, they've really kind of picked up the pace in that recruitment and they love Cade McDonald as a person like, and if you watch his film, you're not going to find many defensive tackles in the country that are more impactful in a game than him. Six, three, 310 pounds, just a very violent, aggressive defensive tackle, super athletic, but a, a really great kid off the field. And, one of those kids that's just, a, a, again, a personality fit, a total culture fit at Ohio State that they really like. But they don't really need another defensive tackle in this class with Jason Moore and Will Smith Jr. at the spot. So the, the bigger priority still is the defensive end. Yeah. And, I mean, you said it. I haven't followed the McDonald one as closely, to be honest, because I just thought that was a long shot. I think for the longest time, the thought was he was going to end up at Clemson. And now there's some speculation that maybe that's not going to happen. And maybe it is going to be Florida or Ohio State, like you said. Another one of those situations, though, where you get him on campus, which is great. Then he's still got that looming visit, which conveniently is right before he announces his commitment to one of the other top contenders. And that's and this is another kid from the, you know, from the South. So that's another one where it's probably hard to get too optimistic. But if it's Ohio State versus Florida, as opposed to Ohio State versus Georgia or Alabama, that's, you know, I guess room for a little bit more optimism in that situation, maybe. Yeah, the calculus is totally different there. And I think what also is different with the Caden McDonald recruitment, at this point, we've sort of seen a handful of schools that we know are operating in a very NIL-friendly manner. Um, and if you look at what has been the, the primary group of top schools for Caden McDonald, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, Oklahoma, and now Florida, four of those five are, are doing NIL, what I would consider the, the way it was intended uh, and and not in the um, world of like, hey, let, we're going to offer this exorbitant amount of money up front and that kind of stuff that's happening right now around college football, which is fine because there's no rules and it's not really actually against the rules, I guess, because no one's, um, you know, enforcing them. If if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it really fall? The answer when it comes to NIL is absolutely not. So that's it. 
right? I mean, Ohio State did offer a 2023 linebacker uh, about uh, 10 days ago, Arian Carter from Memphis, Tennessee, Smyrna, Smyrna High School down there. Really cool player. Uh, he, he's one of those versatile hybrid linebackers slash potential safety types. Uh, six foot one or two, about 210 pounds. Played a lot of running back in his career leading up to this season where he's sort of been forced into playing more linebacker because that's where the, these college teams are seeing him. Had no Power 5 offers up until two months ago and now has offers from Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State. He is visiting Ohio State officially on November 12th. We've talked before that there's not really a need for another linebacker in this class, but, Andrew, this is just a kid that fits the profile of what Ohio State wants in in their program, so it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, poor Matt Barnes, right? Because, I mean, what are the odds of that kid sticking with, te- sticking with Memphis? I would say low, not very high. Very low. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, like when you see a kid from that area and he's got some SEC visits coming up too, in addition to Ohio State, uh, I, feel, I know we sound like a broken record, but that's hard hard to be too optimistic maybe. I mean, this, we're still in the way early stages for a kid who's really just skyrocketing right now. Um, but, I mean, Ohio State's – the linebacker position has changed under Jim Knowles. We know they whiffed on, on Bulls and Tackett Curtis. So if that's going to be your backup plan and that ends up happening, then that's that's a hell of a backup plan. But you got those SEC schools out there too for a kid who's not going to end up at Memphis. So, Yeah, Carter uh, made an official visit to Alabama last week. He's visiting Michigan this weekend officially for their game with Penn State. As I said, we'll be at Ohio State the weekend of November 12th for the, uh, for the game against Indiana. This is a, a young man that wants to be like a surgeon. He told me that he's just fascinated with how the human body works and he's – He's a super bright kid. Um, he's not going to be swayed by by the big allure of SEC football, I don't think. Like, obviously, he committed to Memphis when he did because he had just started to pick things up. I actually saw him at a football camp at the University of Toledo in June. And I walked in, and you walk into a camp like that, and there's 400 kids, and start to just kind of look around and see who looks like a football player. And he was the first kid I spotted. And so I asked some coaches there, like, who is this kid? And they're like, oh, we, we don't really know yet what he is, but he certainly looks like a, a he's a he's a hell of an athlete. And I watched him. I got to talk to him a little bit that day, and I've been kind of getting to know him over the last few months. And so it's interesting to see the the glow up, I guess, for that. Um, you know, with Ohio State, the question is, is Jim Knowles able to to make inroads there? He did see him at his high school this week. And one of the things that I thought was interesting in talking to Aaron is that he mentioned that seeing what Ohio State has done with Steel Chambers at, at linebacker, another former running back, has kind of piqued his interest a little bit because he he's realizing that's not an easy transition to make. And if they've been able to be that successful with Steel and and even chip train them, that at least gives some confidence that uh, they know what they're doing. Plus, he's been trying to get a hold of watching their defense a little bit. But again, he's new to this whole process, so you just kind of watch and see where it goes from here. I would tell you Michigan is probably going to be a, a real contender there. They recruit Tennessee very well um, and, and have for the last couple of years. So uh, outside of that, what else is out there in 23? I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. There's only really one other guy that's worth talking about that's uncommitted, uh, and that's Samson Okanola, who we'll just talk about because why not? We're just running down things in the class. We this is there's not a lot of structure here, folks. We're not doing this with any sort of game plan. Um, Andrew, here's the thing about players like Samson Okanola, who again, no BS here, folks. Uh, it is a very NIL heavy recruitment. 
the two teams that have been at the top of his list since the summer have been Miami and Michigan State. Okay. Everyone wins the offseason, right? Everyone wins in the summer. But what happens is then you have to play the football games. And if you watch what's happening at Miami and Michigan State, regardless of how opportunistic or beneficial or, you know, gracious they're being in the NIL world, uh, they don't look to be very good football programs right now. And how much does that matter? You know, that, that's got to be the question. Yeah, I would say that a few months back, my guess would have been that he would have, that Samson would have been committed to Miami by now. Um, you know, we're midway through the, the college football season and Ohio State still has a couple of big official visit weekends that are coming up. It's just a matter of, you know, just wait and see. Does, does he make a trip to Columbus? And if he does, that's, I think if he makes a visit to Ohio State, an official visit, that's going to be pretty telling. Um, yeah, those others, those other schools are trending downward right now, at least from a wins and loss losses perspective. And Ohio State's one of the one of the top teams in the country right now. So just get them on campus and go from there. That's all you can really ask for at this point. There is at least discussion about that happening. There is nothing concrete, but there is at least discussion about that happening. The same can be said for Caleb Downs, who I know people want to ask about and talk about. Uh, obviously committed to Alabama, the country's number one ranked safety, in my opinion, probably the top prospect in the class of 2023 overall. I think he's the best player in the country. Um, Ohio State is a team he talks to a lot, and the relationships are great. The defense is playing exceptional, especially at safety where he plays. Perry Eliano has made an incredible impact in the recruitment of Caleb Downs. Dot, 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 but it's Bama. And you just don't know what's going to happen. There is a talk about potentially Caleb coming up um, for the Wisconsin game. That didn't happen. He went and saw his brother play Notre Dame. Uh, there's been talk about potentially coming up for the weekend of the Iowa game. Don't think that's going to happen because just family stuff going on with with Caleb and, and his family then. Obviously, Alabama doesn't want him to visit Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State wants him to visit Ohio State. I think you have to try to just keep doing what you're doing, keep plowing the field here a little bit, making sure that you're making every available conversation happen, making sure that every opportunity you have to connect with Caleb Downs uh, occurs. And then you have to decide if he says, I'm absolutely coming up. Number one, it's not ever going to be public and no one's ever going to. I'm sure he'll tell the Alabama staff uh, because that's just the type of kid he is. He's not someone who's going to try to sneak up 1,400 miles to Columbus, but. Would you think it'd be better to have him on campus for the Indiana game or the Michigan game? Uh, the, the Michigan game, absolutely. And then, and if he does tell the Alabama staff that he's making that trip, it's absolutely going to go public because that's going to leak to the Alabama writers, and then you know the whole world's going to yeah. find out. Um, but I mean, it's great that those communication channels are open still. That's a good thing. Uh, there's always coaching changes and things that can shake up the recruitments of a number of different players. Um, that talk is great, but there's also talk that you see on social media of him actively recruiting Keon Keeley to Alabama and all, you know, those types of things too. So um, keep the communication channels open, get him on campus. I mean, regardless of which game, honestly, personally, I prefer the Michigan game. I guess there's probably going to be a bigger number of visitors there though. So if he's at the Indiana game, maybe get some more one-on-one time, but just get him up for either one of those if you can and, you know, shoot for the stars, I guess. Yeah. I think I would actually prefer if I was in the Ohio state 
choose here that that he'd be on campus for Indiana because you have more of an opportunity to connect with him and spend more time with him and his family. The Michigan weekend is a little bit chaotic and you have 7 million recruits in the 24 class, the 25 class, et cetera. But you're absolutely right. Like the, the whole point is you just have to get him on campus. Um, if you don't, that's okay too. The Buckeyes love their defensive back group. They think it's one of the best in the country, but obviously if you can, keep making an impact with the best player in America, you have to keep doing that. And if he's at the Michigan game, that means he's not going to be at the Iron Bowl, which would also be a plus. So Right, which seems like which seems like that would in itself be making a, a decision of sorts. So I think you just have to kind of weigh those things. Speaking yeah. of recruits who are committed to one school visiting another, that seems to be a recurring trend when it comes to Ohio State's recruiting class. And I don't know why. And maybe it's because I only really pay attention to Ohio State's class and the, the happenstance around the Buckeyes. But it just seems like Buckeyes commits are much more willing to visit places than other schools recruits are. Do you feel the same way or are we just looking at it through like a very narrow lens? Yeah, I do. I think the visits that have happened, and I know we're going to get to that in a second here, are kind of like ones we expected to probably happen. Um, I, I just think it's all about how does the committed prospect handle it? Like, are you telling Brian Hartline and, and Kevin Wilson and whomever else that you're going to be taking trips to, you know, to Knoxville or NC State or, or, or um, up to Michigan State or whatever? And from my understanding, and you obviously know more than I do, it seems like those conversations are happening beforehand and it's not like some shock and all of, commit X showing up at whatever campus and the, the staff's blindsided by it. It doesn't seem like that's happening at all, which is a positive sign for sure. Yeah, that is absolutely what's happening. Last weekend, Noah Rogers visited NC State. He went there with one of his friends who was a quarterback who just uh, got back off of a surgery and it was the first time this kid could go anywhere. So he went and just enjoyed the game. Ohio and, State has been encouraging. And, NC State NC State scored a touchdown. He got to see that. Yeah. So that was probably so, so that's appealing. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, this is a situation where, uh, from what my understanding of talking to people involved, like Ohio State, you know, Brian Hartline may have actually said, hey, man, go ahead. Have a great time. Like there you can't be, I don't want to use stupid you know, Twitter cliches here, but uh, lions can't be concerned with the opinions of sheep. Right. O Ohio State yeah. is not worried about NC State when it comes to recruiting. They're just not. If Noah Rogers felt like going to NC State instead of Ohio State, it would be a. Like out, oh, that's that's too bad, but okay, good luck. Uh, they're not gonna ever see him again. They're they're never gonna have to deal with it. Um, Penn State's been trying really hard to get Noah Rogers to to commit to a visit, and that's not happened. James Franklin went and visited him at a school last week, and and Noah told me I'm locked in with the Buckeyes. Doesn't matter. Um, Carnell Tate, you know that's an interesting one. We we've all seen the 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 circus around his recruitment in the last year. That said, he committed to Ohio State in the summer, and things have been relatively calm since then. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen a, a bit of social media tomfoolery, a lot of tweeting about uh, Tennessee and about a lot of likes, uh, Tennessee football stuff, and a lot of Tennessee-related stuff in general. And now we're hearing that he's you know likely to visit Tennessee this weekend with a handful of his teammates at the IMG Academy, which on the surface isn't that big a deal. But it is obviously the week, weekend's biggest game. So you're like, hey, you can't fault a kid for wanting to go to see that. But they were the runner up in his recruitment. They've obviously been continuing to recruit him very hard. And then you see a lot of this flirtation stuff on social media that makes people feel pretty uncomfortable. Ohio State, however, Andrew, is not, again, they're not worried. But I, obviously, 
anyone out there would prefer that not visit that visit not happen right yeah i mean tennessee has looked good this season um he's got a great relationship with josh heupel um if i could go to a game this weekend as a just a normal college football fan that's the that's where you want to be so i i guess i really don't blame the kid for going there the one thing that i did see that was kind of i don't know kind of was curious was during the Ohio state game when CJ Stroud's throwing for a thousand yards against Michigan state. And you've got Carnell Tate tweeting about Tennessee during that game. That was a little weird, but you know, it's, he's, he's always talking about Ohio state too on the, on the Twitter machine. So I I don't think there's any reason for concern there. I think he's still got his Ohio state visit coming up or whatever too, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. He'll be in town for the Iowa game next week. Yeah. Yeah. The Iowa game. Sorry. So, um, not not too much not too much reason for concern there, and it sounds like he handled it the right way as far as telling Brian Hartline what's going on. And if he wants to visit with some of his buddies that are at IMG Academy, then I guess who's stopping him? I guess. Yeah, and that's what the situation's been with uh, you know uh, Jelani Thurman, the tight end commitment for Ohio State, who's visited Auburn a couple times this year. He's visited Michigan State last weekend when Ohio State beat up the Spartans. He was up there visiting some family members in in Jackson, Michigan, outside of East Lansing, and lined up nicely for him to be able to see the Spartans who were obviously one of his top three at the end of his recruitment. Um, again, Ohio state's not worried. Kevin Wilson has a good relationship with Jelani. He's been told about every visit ahead of time. Uh, this week, uh, Kevin Wilson, I believe is going to see him play on Friday night though. There there's no strain to the relationship and, and you don't want to be so simplistic about it, but when you recruit the best players in the country, everyone's going to want them and no one's going to stop trying to recruit them. Ohio state wants the best players in the country. And so they're trying to still recruit the ones that are committed to other schools. They just all happen to be committed to Alabama. So it looks like Ohio state's just trying to go to after one program's uh, commits, whereas every program is trying to go after Ohio state's commits. Yeah. And it wasn't a very good afternoon for Michigan state. So, I mean, that's not the performance that you want to put together when you got to player of his caliber they're watching. I, I feel like that one is maybe one where the Michigan State side is like making a bigger deal out of him showing up than it actually is. Uh, like you said, though, Kevin Wilson was aware he's got some family ties to the area and uh, he seems he seems pretty solid to me. I think Auburn was the team that I was worried about there for a bit, but Brian Harson's probably getting fired tomorrow. So who wins that? I wouldn't expect him to flip to Auburn, you know? So, yeah, it, it's just weird. And, and you kind of uh, took the the veil off of an important point here. What you see a lot of times is that media serves as a a vocal box or a voice box for coaches who want a messaging to be out there sometimes, right? And Tennessee is going to want people to know that Carnell Tate is visiting Tennessee. And so their coaches will leak stuff to their media members and say, hey, make sure you pump this up because we want fans to be aware of it. We want people to be paying attention. We want to create a rift between him and Ohio State if he hasn't told them. Same thing with Noah Rogers. Last week, you know, uh, I got a message to me on Friday last week from someone who covers um, the Wolfpack, and they're like, "Hey, just in case, in case you didn't know, this is happening," and you know, they, they they're really excited about this, and it it's not a surprise. And and if coaches build proper relationships with their recruits then this isn't going to happen as a surprise ever. The only way it happens as a surprise is if a coach is dropping the ball and, and not handling his responsibility of relationship building the way he should be. That's yep. the way I feel I'm, about that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And Carnell Tate might want to turn his uh, Twitter notifications off this weekend because Vol Nation is going to be, I mean, that's going to be something. 
VFL is uh, quite, quite prolific when it comes to uh, their tweetering. Andrew, yeah. what else you got? God, not much, man. It's just, it's, uh, what are we, two months away from the early signing period, basically? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. we're about two months so away. Two months away. And I, I think we'll start to see some some movement in the class of 2024 uh, in the next month or so. A lot of kids are waiting until their f- football season is over, their junior year is over before they make decisions. Um, you know, there was some conversation prior to Ian Moore's visit to um, Wisconsin on October 1st that, you know, he would make a decision <sighs> shortly after that. The day he gets back from Wisconsin, Paul Chris got fired. So that he now he's trying to figure out how Jim Leonard's staff could look and I think he'll probably slow down and wait till the end of the season. Same with like Garrett Stover, a few other guys. I think they're just kind of all waiting. But the Buckeyes are are putting in a lot of work. Um, coaches are on the road this week. Brian Hartline, Tony Alfred, Larry Johnson, Ryan Day have all been down to Florida. Um, Perry Eliano spent time in the uh, New Jersey area early in the week and is going to be in Atlanta at the end of the week um, where Mill Creek and Caleb Downs will be playing Buford. Uh, which is obviously one of the best programs in the country. Justice Haynes is there. Coincidentally, I don't think he's going to be dealing much with that, but um, I would expect that you'll see Perry Eliano at Caleb Downs' game on Friday. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if Ryan Day is there also, just as a you know potential you know interest an interesting point. I, I would bet Nick Saban probably would be too if, if Alabama wasn't playing. Actually, it may actually help for Nick Saban to be there since it'll be closer to to Knoxville probably than he would have been otherwise. You never know. What time's that game on Saturday? Three o'clock? Three thirty? Yeah, I think it's the three thirty game. But I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying, I'm not going to be surprised if Nick Saban drops a helicopter in there and says hello, or, or just to watch that game because uh, Mill Creek and Buford and Georgia is going to be a huge one. Tim Walton was in in Texas seeing Kelvin Simpson Hunt. He's going to be around uh, in the Georgia area as well. Not a lot of spots to go really. And again, with the class of 2023 all but finished up, other than the defensive line. It's all pretty much focused on the class of 2024 and beyond right now. So you're going to start to see a real slow burn, I think, uh, and and some acceleration in that class as Dylan Rayola gets back on campus again and other guys get to to make some decisions. Yeah, it's kind of wild that Rayola is still the only guy committed for 2024. I guess I thought they might have added a couple more between over the last couple months, I guess. Ian Moore and Peyton Woodyard, that'd be nice if that happened soon, but I don't know if that's... Yeah, again, Peyton's one of those guys I think is is kind of narrowing things down. In my conversations with him, it seems like that's the case, but I think he wants to get through this season at Bosco and try to win a state championship um, out there in California and, and focus on that. So the Buckeyes are in great position there. They're in great position with K.J. Bolden, who will again be at that Buford and Mill Creek game on, on Friday night. So it's kind of a double whammy for uh, Perry Eliano to see one of the top uh, safety prospects in 24, but also the top prospect in 23. With Caleb Downs, um, it's a game a lot of people are going to watch. I don't know if it's on TV, but if that one's on TV, I would re- I would advise trying to find yeah. it on Friday night, folks. It's going to be a doozy. Um, other than that, I'm pretty well tapped with this episode of Talking Stuff uh, on the on the podcast. <laughs> Andrew, anything else from you? Keon Keeley, in or out? Ah, God. <laughs> Let's say it. I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I, I don't want to be 50-50 guy on this type of stuff. I think it's not because that seems obvious. Like anyone is either in or they're out. But um, I think he's going to – I want to see if he can makes that visit to Florida this weekend because I think if he does make that visit to Florida, it at least signifies that he hasn't been quite as 
a hundred percent sure or sold on Alabama as a lot of people are trying to um, suggest he is. So that that's really where I, I'm at with that. And, and Damon Wilson, again, if I I the reason I don't like NIL in its in this world is because there's no rules and regulations around it. And people can just throw money at people, at kids that A, haven't earned it, but B, they have to consider that as the primary motivation for their decision. And I don't think that's how young people are going to make the best decisions. So um, I guess we'll figure out what what matters. Um, Money always talks, however. So, And we'd also talk, but now I'm done talking. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State recruiting podcast on the podcast. Andrew Ellis, Jeremy Birmingham, thank you for watching. Head us head over to ohiostate.rivals.com. Join us in the Horseshoe Lounge, and, and uh, we can keep talking about this stuff there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Hit the bell so you know when we got new content. We'll talk to you next time.